0: This is Episode 13 of the Passion-Minded Mom Podcast. You are listening to the Passion-Minded Mom Podcast for business-driven moms who actually want to talk about the stuff that matters. I'm your host, Kate Ruder, business coach and marketing strategist, and together we'll expose the truth behind balancing work while raising a family and have real conversations about what works well and what doesn't serve us. We'll discuss all things marketing, mindset, and wellness, plus taboo topics like money, guilty pleasures, and intimacy. For the nitty-gritty of entrepreneurial success as a mom, you have come to the right place. Welcome back, ladies. I hope you all are doing great. I'm doing pretty well. I'm a little tired today, but I've been working my brain hard I've been putting some new things in place, and that's been pretty exciting. I spent an insane amount of time the last few days getting back on track and playing catch-up and tackling my calendar to support the new things I want to achieve this year and even into next year. And I just did some serious work on streamlining my bookkeeping As much as bookkeeping sucks, I don't know how you accountants do it, this was something I had been neglecting since before COVID hit, and I decided to change that and get caught up. So I'm feeling very streamlined right now and ready to take a bunch of action. Bookkeeping sounds awful, right? But I'm pretty passionate these days about getting a handle on your finances and becoming financially empowered. I talk to my clients about this all the time because I learned some really good lessons going through divorce and all my failure as an entrepreneur, which we're going to talk about in a second. It's amazing what you can learn about your business by going through the process of organizing your financials. It's really good stuff. So while it's tedious, a little frustrating, it took a long time, and I didn't have all the answers going into it, I figured it out. So some really good stuff happening. And this is a special month. It's Mental Health Awareness Month as well as Melanoma Awareness Month, which I had seven years ago, as many of you know. And because it's life-threatening, if I hadn't caught it when I did, I would likely not be alive today. I talk about that journey more in last week's episode. So this month is always kind of an interesting month for me as I think back on that experience and obviously have a lot of gratitude for still being alive. But I also like to think of this month of May as a month of renewal. So I've been kind of living that the last few weeks. In fact, this week, I got on the phone with an amazing woman Named Katie Ostrovsky. She's kind of an Instagram badass, who has an incredible story of her journey of survival through melanoma. And we talked about it and connected, and I thanked her for being so vocal about it. I think too many people believe that you should keep your challenges and all your private business to yourself. And I kind of grew up with this same mentality. But in the spirit of both melanoma and mental health awareness, I'm kicking that to the curb. I think it's so important to reach out and connect with others and get that support around your struggles. I felt so isolated during the time that I was battling that diagnosis. And this woman, Katie, said she went through the same thing. And now we both talk about it and it's helping others through it. So it's just such an amazing thing. She's created this awesome group of survivors on Instagram in support of education and awareness of melanoma. And I don't know if most of you know this, but in a lot of cases, melanoma is preventable. So increasing awareness about it can actually save lives. She's doing lots of big things, and we're going to have her back as a guest on the podcast before too long. But I just bought a t-shirt that she designed on snarkycancer.com and it's for sale for just like 20 bucks to fundraise for the cause. I cannot wait until I get it. It says 100% warrior on it and I just love it. I love what she's doing. I'm also going to drop her Instagram and YouTube links in the show notes so you can check her out. And Katie, thank you for being a warrior and for showing up and telling your story and serving others. You are 100% a warrior and 100% going to save some lives. So let's talk about mistakes and struggle and failure. Sounds fun, right? I've got a lot of it to talk about. There isn't a lot that I won't talk about. I think it's important to talk about your challenges. But let me get one thing straight. There's a difference between talking about challenges and just straight up complaining. I'm not an advocate of complaining and whining and blaming others. I used to do that all the time. There is a difference. This is what coaches do with clients. We coach our clients through their challenges and help them take responsibility for their actions so they can change their results. Because when you talk about your struggles, and you learn from them, and you grow from them, and tell that story to others, you become a better person, and you can serve more people. I think that's how human beings connect. And it's kind of also what I get to do on this podcast. This is like my own form of therapy and self-coaching. Seriously. Now, I know you guys are not talking back to me, but I know you're listening, and I love showing up here and telling my story and what I've learned from it so I can help you. It's very therapeutic for me. Okay, so today we're gonna talk about the biggest mistakes I have made as an entrepreneur and the top five ways to avoid failing in business. It's not what you think. I have been an entrepreneur off and on for a long time. I've started more businesses than I have worked for corporate companies. I've launched ideas and literally had launch parties, like with shirts and sponsors and food and PR, the whole nine, and not one paying customer in the end. Now here's the thing. In a good year, I could barely clear $40,000 working for myself, but I kept trying. It was confusing and frustrating because I'd come from these high-paying corporate jobs right out of college, but I could not figure out how to make money in my own business. I struggled with the marketing, the pricing, the sales, so many things. I've been pretty terrible at it. I even tried turning my hobby as a singer and a guitar player into a side hustle in 2012. I even produced an album that I actually released and sold back when people actually bought CDs, and I did get paid for performing, so that was cool. I even got to open for a bigger artist for a couple hundred people. That experience was truly awesome, don't get me wrong. Through that process, I learned how to get out of my shell overcome stage fright, do some really successful marketing in a new industry, and meet some amazing and very talented, even famous, people. Some who I still continue to work with. All of that experience across the years has been incredibly valuable, but I still didn't know how to turn it into major success or even meet my financial goals. Now, when I became a single mom and I decided I was going to make this work, I busted my butt in a different way than I had before. And just two years later, after signing my first client, I had built a profitable and growing business managing paid Facebook and Instagram ads, and I had begun a second profitable coaching practice. And now I currently work about three days a week, doing social media paid ads, and I manage about 10 of those clients alongside the other one-on-one business coaching clients I have. But guys, it took me five different businesses and about 20 years to figure out how to be successful at it. So what we're going to talk about today is why it took me so long and the biggest mistakes that I made and the difference between how I used to approach my work as an entrepreneur and what I do differently today. So here are the top five mistakes. Number one, not working on your relationship with money. I covered this topic fully in episode nine, so be sure to check that out too. So I'm going to summarize here, but let me tell you where my first job was after I left high-paying corporate sales. It was in retail at a small wine shop. I was a little bit of a lost soul at that time. In my 20s, I had no idea what I wanted to do. But I thought working part-time at a wine shop sounded fun. And this little shop called Vino 100 hired me right up as their marketing person to promote the opening of their new stores. I want to say it was like $15 an hour. So basically a quarter of what I was making before. I honestly don't remember exactly what I was making. I was basically living off of my savings from being in sales, and I was also really frugal, and I lived very simply at the time. But the point is, because I had such a close association of earning high income with working for a corporate company, and I had no coach, no mentor, no guidance to assist me in considering how I could make that much outside of corporate, I just accepted the lowest rung I could grab. I think the truth is I didn't want the pressure at that time, and I just didn't want to stretch or challenge myself. So I definitely settled. It wasn't all terrible, and it led me to my first step as an entrepreneur. See, I was doing so much networking for them. I was meeting so many people and talking about marketing, and before I knew it, Other people were asking me to help them market their business. And I quickly realized I could do this for a lot of other businesses. So I asked the wine shop if they could pay me as an LLC and I established my first business and it was called Kate's Contemporary Consulting. I still have the business cards. So that was super cool. And I increased my earnings a bit when I took on like three, four, five clients But still, the ceiling was pretty low because I truly believed that working in corporate was the only way to get my income to six figures. So go check out that episode about money beliefs and go to work on your relationship with it. Number two, not being clear on your business value. If you understand your business value, you can get a better idea of how to price your offer let me clarify. My biggest hurdle was not realizing that business value is not the same as your self-worth as a human being. You can try and manifest a certain income and pull it out of thin air if you want, but the economics are what's important here. And by economics, I mean supply and demand. I had no idea where to start with this in 2006. Being an entrepreneur was so new to me and I was grasping at straws. So you're gonna to have to do some research here, make some decisions, and try some things out to nail this one. These are not easy decisions to make for a lot of people, and the mistake that most make is they base it on their sense of self-worth. I remember spending days trying to figure out what to charge these new clients and having no idea how to set those prices. I mean, I did a little research, I considered a few different variables, but if I knew what I knew now, I would have set my prices more intelligently than I did, and I also would have made more money. You're going to have to sell your offer to others, likely lots of other people, and do that work, and then deliver the value, and fail, and then get back up and deliver more value. When more clients are asking for your help, then you can actually help, then you raise your prices. But you have to get out there and do that work to get clear on that value. Number three, not asking the right questions and not listening well. So often when I'm talking to clients or on consults and they ask me questions about marketing, there's often something behind the question they are asking. For instance, this morning, there was a Facebook post in a group. And the question was, is a blog something I should do and will it be helpful for my new business? By the way she asked the question, I knew there was something else behind it. So I got curious. Now there were all these comments about websites and blog length and website builders and SEO and blog traffic And I commented with one simple question. I said, when you ask if it will help your business, what are you looking for specific help with? It sounds so basic, right? But the answer was that she was doing research to understand if there was a demand in her market so that she could get funding from the government. The value I then provided up front, in this case, to this potential client was not anything to do with how to write a blog or whether she should start a blog. I continued to ask more questions to get more information, like how many potential customers do you need to talk to? How much funding do you need? How well do you understand the financials? Those are all questions, right? But they're valuable questions that show my curiosity and my genuine desire to help her through understanding her problem. And I explained that as a coach, I help clients make these kinds of decisions and answer these questions so that they can take action and get results. She immediately DM'd me for a consult. When I was in college for marketing, I had classes in market research and statistics. And I had this professor who had to be at least 80 years old. He would fall asleep during class and I'd get frustrated because I actually loved the class. It was funny because most of the students hated it But I loved it. I mean, I I run Facebook ads. I love the numbers. And I ended up tutoring some of the other students that needed extra help. But my biggest takeaway from those classes, as boring as statistics can be to some, was the power of asking the right questions. And here's why. Like when you're creating a survey or a questionnaire for market research, the way you phrase the question will determine how accurate your results and your sample data is. Just a slight tweak in the wording can get you a completely different and more useful answer. So this is something that took me a lot of practice and a lot of networking with people to get right. At first, especially being an introvert, getting out and talking to people was so terrifying that my anxiety got in the way of me asking useful questions. So now I take great pride in the discussions that I have with my clients and in my mini sessions to uncover what kind of help they really need. I just love the process of getting to know them and their true challenges. And I do this through asking the right, powerful questions and listening. Number four, not having a plan and being willing to fail at that plan. It was the fear of failure that kept me in a box in my own business. There were so many people that cautioned me about leaving corporate and about going out on my own, very few people commended me for it until years later. It could be argued that I still don't really get approval from all of those around me, but if you let the caution and fear and warnings about the risks of going into business for yourself get into your head, it's a long way out. Surround yourself with people who are doing the things, who are taking the risks, and who are succeeding. Learn from them. Plan for your own success and take responsibility for your plan. Take responsibility For your results and know that you have the power to change them you've got to be willing to make mistakes and fail though and i know some of you are saying isn't this about how not to fail this is the point my fear of failure kept me from going after bigger results it kept me safe or so i thought our brains are designed to keep us safe and in our cave If there's a risk of failure or rejection, your brain will find every reason to tell you not to do it. You have to be willing to fail, to make mistakes, to be humiliated, to be vulnerable, to be scolded, to be challenged in order to ensure that your business doesn't fail. What has made me successful in business after all these years is that I've learned from the risks I've taken, and now I understand that I have to keep taking bigger ones, even if the fear of failure is still there, because I will continue to learn from those too. So I work those risks into my plan. I take responsibility for the plan, and I get uncomfortable knowing I could fail, knowing I can get rejected. Make your plan, take risks, and be willing to fail. Number five, not investing in yourself. This is a big mistake that took me the longest to learn. And I just want to say, this is such an amazing time to be an entrepreneur. We have access to pretty much anything, any help that we want. And the ability for us to create anything in our lives is just Phenomenal. And there are some really amazing coaches out there. Between social media and Facebook ads and coaches, you've got everything you need to take action. I know sometimes we need an extra push to get over the hump. I did. I remember when I first started, I was looking for a mentor for help, and it was hard to find. I still can't believe that no one was coming up to me and shaking me like, I can help you. Facebook groups didn't exist then. It wasn't easy to find coaches like it is today. You have so many options. I learned these lessons mostly myself, the hard way. And I think that's why as soon as I started investing in myself and in coaching, it rapidly accelerated my growth. I had been ready to do the work but having the guidance of a coach just accelerated it for sure. So when it came time to reinvent my own career after divorce, I wanted to do that once and for all for the long term and do it differently and do it better. And I wanted a business doing work that I love and that wouldn't take time away from me being with my kids. So I'm building it now on my terms with my goals and my schedule. I believe not hiring a coach was the last major lesson that I learned and I know there will be more going forward. So my final message for you today is stop signing up for freebie after freebie that you never use or that you end up deleting after a week and actually hire a coach. There are a lot of us out there. Find the right one for you and go to work. I promise They will hold your hand through the risks. That's what we're here for. If you want to see if you and I are the right fit for each other, schedule a free session on my website and drop a review if this has been helpful to you. And guys, go take those risks. I'll see you next time.